Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Megan Flood. She's the CEO, founder, and creative director of New York City-based design studio Marine Lane. Under Megan's leadership, the firm continually creates compelling and award-winning work. She's a past GD USA person to watch, which is, you know, like the graphic designers watch list. So we are watching and that's why she's here today. Hello, Megan, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, Leticia. Thank you so much for having me. No, well, I'm very excited to have you here because, you know, when I read about you and what you do, it sounds so exciting. And, and I do have a young girl at home. I have my seven-year-old daughter always talks about, you know, fashion design and she loves New York. And I say, ah, when I was reading about you, I said, I wonder if that's how Megan envisioned her life like my Emma does. So I'm I'm curious oh. to hear is this, tell me about your young years. And, you know, you have a career that excites many because it's like when it, it sounds so... Yeah, it sounds exciting. So I'm curious to know, tell me about your younger years and just where you're from and a little bit of what you were passionate about in those in those early days. Oh, and I love that your daughter is into creativity. I mean, I, that's that's awesome. And as much as she can hold on to that, that's that's so great. I mean, of course, I'm biased because <laughs> uh, growing up, I, um, you know, my family encouraged me to pursue a, a ton of different things and art being one of them. I, I grew up in northern New Jersey, mm -hmm. the youngest of four kids, and I'm a lot younger than my siblings, which was, I'm so lucky and fortunate because I got to, our dinner table conversations were so lively and so informative. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really did hit the jackpot when it comes to my parents, my dad really instilling hard work and um, being really determined. And my mom, a preschool teacher mm. for 35 years, she's all about being kind and, you know, embracing creativity. I love that. I love that. So our dinner table conversations growing up were a blast. We would eat dinner at nine o'clock at night at at the early side, um, you know, I'd be like five years old eating dinner at 9 p.m. because we would wait till my dad got home. And it was just a comedy hour where everybody would go around the table and talk about all of the disasters of the day. And it really taught me the importance of humor and, and, and laughing at, you know, all bad boyfriends, you know, bad bosses, commuting that was terrible and we, it was just always a very lively discussion. And that's really where I learned the importance of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, me trying to have a voice at the table, I think I, I really pursued art because it was a way for me to say, hey, look what I made, look what I'm contributing to the conversation. And, you know, my family was always just very uh, supportive um, on that route. 
Mm, I love that. It sounds really like you hit the jackpot. Also in communication, you know, because I think that families these days don't communicate enough just to, and, and, and as you say, sometimes people, even me with my kids, like when you try to get them to talk and they, thank God they're talkers, but you can tell how you, they need that extra push. Like you need to get into that storytelling zone to really get the most out of that experience. So it sounds, totally. yeah. <laughs> We've been trying um, Rosebud and Thorn at home with uh -huh. my three little kids. Uh -huh. We talk about the best moment of the day uh -huh. uh, for the Rose. The Thorn is like the worst thing that happened. Uh -huh. And then the, the Bud is what you're looking forward to tomorrow. Ooh, so I we, love like, we force them to, to tell us, you know, I love it's that. the only way we'll get anything out of them. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to I'm going to replicate it. But it does sound a fantastic mix so this i'm sure this energy fueled to like when it was time to choose your career i mean for what i read you went right into something creative that's what you embraced from from very early on yeah so i actually had a bit of a turning point so i've always loved art but really in middle school and high school my entire focus was sports Mm -hmm. which I learned a lot from being on the team and hard work. I was a softball pitcher. My dad would really encourage me to practice every single day in the, in the rain, in the snow, the importance of hard work. You know, I learned from sports and, and being a real team player. And really that was my focus for all of high school. I, I took art classes and had great high school art teachers, but I was determined to play a sport in college. Like that was going to be my thing. Mm -hmm. I, I really didn't focus too much on what I was going to study in college. I just wanted to play a sport. Mm. And that got completely derailed. When I was applying to colleges, I wasn't that focused on, on what it is I wanted to do. So I went to a small college where I could play field hockey. Mm -hmm. And I got hurt on like the second day of preseason. Oh, wow. And And I, uh, and I was like, you know, looking, I was in the guidance counselor's office, you know, here I am hurt. I, I can't even play on this. I'm sitting out the whole preseason day and I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm really not that interested in like this, what I'm doing. And I said, can I take any art classes? And they said, you could take a landscape painting class <laughs> second semester, you know, and, and maybe like later on senior year, you can take some our classes. And I'm like, what have I done here? So I, I begged my parents to pick me up. I, I, I was hysterical. It was, <laughs> you know, here I was like on top of the world playing sport in college. And then I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go. So I, I, they picked me up mm. and, um, they were like, all right, just take a minute. Preseason was early. So take a minute. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll drop you off in a few weeks when the classes start. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> so, so um, they were like, all right, encouraged me to really take the time I needed. So I did take a gap year and I took classes at a local college. I worked, I babysat and I really took the time to figure it out. And I, I was like, you know what? I, I do want to focus on art. So I applied to the University of Michigan School of Art and Design. I went out there for an interview and that really changed my life going to the University of Michigan Art and Design and like an amazing program. The professors were fantastic, but it really was 
a very challenging year in between high school and college. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was just at home, all my friends were going off to college and I, I was like, I did not expect this to happen, but that was a huge turning point in my life. Mm. Well, yeah, that one says that uh, in Spanish, we have a say a saying that says, Uno propone y Dios dispone, which means you propose, but really it is God or the universe that makes the final decision, right? So like you you, you can do so much, and then at the end of the day, um, sometimes external factors kind of give you the push, and, and probably, I mean, I'm sure in hindsight you think, oh, maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if... If, if I had gotten what I wanted and what I prayed for and all the things that I thought I wanted. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Sometimes I always find like every time I don't get what I want, I'm like, well, the, the, you know, force yourself to think you don't know nothing and this is for the best and, and, and yes. so on and so forth. And so you embark on your career and you obviously, I mean, you have uh, a long career, you work for other companies before deciding to go on your own. So tell us a little bit that process of working for others. And then I'm always usually very interested in what was that deciding factor, I think back in 2012 that you created your own company? Because I think, yeah. I mean, and you're you're young. I mean, you obviously have a long career, but you look like you're well on your way to achieve anything you want because I think uh, that you had a very good head start. So tell us a little bit of that process. Yeah, so um, after Michigan, I applied to so many jobs. I I had an amazing creative education, but I was like, okay, but what do I do? It's so daunting when you graduate, like how, how do you start? And so I applied to hundreds, so many, you know, didn't hear back. And then after months of that, I got a, internship offer from a PR agency called Maloney and Fox. And I got a job offer, a full-time job offer at the New Yorker. Um, And so I was like, oh my gosh, like after my, and it happened to be on the same day I got these offers. And, you know, this was after interview processes and, and all of that. And, and the New Yorker, everybody there was so lovely, but there was something about Maloney and Fox. It was like, a very young, small, energetic place. And I felt like I could actually, I wouldn't be too intimidated to share an idea or raise my hand. And so I I thought about what to do. And I lived at home in New Jersey. So I was like, I I could save up and and, and take the internship and hopefully it'll turn into a full-time job. And that's ultimately, that's what I did. So I took the internship I, you know, worked so hard. I was packaging FedEx boxes. I was, you know, doing whatever it takes and just watching the team. And, you know, there was a very collaborative environment. Everybody's invited to brainstorms. It was really great. And I just kept raising my hands because I noticed that they would always, they would do all the marketing and PR, but they would outsource design. So I would say, oh, I can actually, instead of hiring somebody to do that digital invitation, I could do it. Or can I just try a version? And so at night, I would go home, take the train home, and then work on the design. Because they didn't have any design software. They didn't have the Mac that I needed. So I would do that. And, And every night I would do that. I would spend the weekends doing that just to prove that I could actually do that. I could maybe save them money. Fast forward, you know. I was offered the job and then I carved out an art department there 
you know, and I was there for three years and it was just a fantastic environment. My bosses were Brian Maloney and Margie Fox. Mm -hmm. And um, both of them were so instrumental in like, okay, what do you, what else do you want to do? Do you need a Mac? Like what software? (laughs) And, And Margie particularly was so interested in design and she was really pushing, you know, that I keep continuing and pursuing this. And um, Margie was is so instrumental to this day to um, my career and being my mentor. Mm. And she was constantly pushing me to get to the next level, hire people under me, um, keep building out this department. Like, what do you want to do? You want to learn how to make an app? Okay, then take a class on it. Figure it out. Like she was <laughs> very, very instrumental in that. So I loved it there. I I really loved it there. You know, it was hard, but it was hard work, but, you know, it was really fun. Another turning point was Margie and Brian sold the firm um, to a larger agency and they went to be uh, creative directors at Ogilvy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would have stayed at Maloney and Fox. I loved it. Uh, But here I was, you know, kind of getting absorbed into this much larger agency. I knew I wouldn't have kind of the 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 say that I was having, you know, and I'd be more doing work that wasn't maybe as fulfilling as I was used to. So I thought, you know, I was 25 and I thought maybe I will try to start my own business and 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 you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so that's kind of how I started Marine Lane. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's a great journey because it shows that you follow your intuition. In things like you did non-conventional things like, wow, a job on the New Yorker uh, full time. And then you go for the internship at the smaller agency. Like those are things that not everybody will do. And 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 I love it because it proves that sometimes when we want to secure, you know, the what we think it's it's is something that you cannot miss. Like we convince ourselves I cannot pass this up. But maybe you internally, you know, you're getting a different a different signal, like, no, go, go right. But you, you kind of convince yourself that left is just a shiny thing to go to. So I love that, that aspect of, of your journey. And I, and I hope it encourages people like when they see that right and left and, and, and not to buy so much into what seems right, what seems safe, what seems the most, but also listen to the gut feeling that inner voice that I am sure we all, and in, in your case, it sounds like it's, not not very subtle. It sounds like it's <laughs> full force because uh, you hear it, and then and then you know the path and and call shooting out to your mentor and and you know it, that that's very important to have somebody that lifts us up. It's I think incredible and and, and that's great. So so you you went and you you really braid your way into your company and so. Now it's been 10 years. Congratulations. I mean, any company that is in business for 10 years, I think, including the COVID years, that's uh, very remarkable. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been 10 years. Actually, uh, this month, I've been doing a lot more uh, reflecting than usual. And I'm just so grateful for, you know, the clients we have, the people on our team. And, um, you know, we've got uh, a team of 11 full time and our offices are based in New York and we we do a lot of work across you know we do work for fortune 500 companies we do work for startups mm-hmm. um, as well as nonprofits so it's very fulfilling work because every day is completely different 
That sounds so fantastic and so excited. So, and, and, you know, in all the work you do, is there anything in particular you want to highlight anything? So let's say somebody it's in your, you know, that kind of same career fashion and you work, as you say, you work with the big guys, you work with smaller guys, you want, what, what have been some of your learning points that, uh, uh, you can challenges and how you have overcome them, so to speak. Yeah, I think the most fulfilling thing for for me personally is the breadth of clients we have, and the fact that uh, I get to learn about all these industries because our team seriously gets into the weeds of all of our clients, like almost to a fault. Like we get so emotionally invested into what our clients are doing because really what we are is an extent, like how we're positioned is we're an extension of our clients, we're their art department. So we, on when we're kicking off meetings, we like to learn about the entire uh, journey of the company, what its goals are. Even if we're doing like a little you know, a branding assignment for an event, we want to know other things about it because it might inspire us and hopefully it turns into a, a long-term relationship. Uh, a few projects that are really fulfilling are, you know, we do, we have a lot of long-term clients like No Labels and BMW. Um, we just did a, there's an iconic restaurant in New York City called Serendipity 3. And it's uh, there was a movie with John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale called Serendipity. Where they I love that movie. I've been there. I've been there. I'm a fan. I admit it. <laughs> so good. So um, a few years ago, they reached out and they were looking to kind of reimagine the restaurant while keeping the essence of who they are. So we've been working with them for years. We redesigned. We picked out the paint colors. We designed the art on the wall, the wallpaper, the menu design, the new scoopy character mm. that's on the outside of the restaurant um we do their social media we've grown that so much in the last 12 months we manage their newsletter and communications every month we're going to the restaurant at least once a month maybe twice a month and shooting these over-the-top sundays and it's just very fulfilling because it's ice cream <laughs> i love ice I cream <laughs> And I get to, you know, bring my kids there and say, oh, you know, we did, you know, Marine Lane did the menu design. We did the art on the wall, you know, stand by there, take a photo. And it's just really uh, cool to actually, because I, I used to go to Serendipity growing up. So mm -hmm. it, it was a, it's a really fun project uh, for us. And then we have these very meaningful projects. We do, um, we volunteer our time uh, with an organization called the Yellow Tulip Project, Mm -hmm. whose mission is to, you know, spread the message about smashing the stigma for mental uh, health. And so they're a, uh, a kid-run organization that has ambassadors in every state now. They have these tulip gardens that they um, get behind. And so we were so fortunate to create the initial branding system. And then they asked us to work on the website and work consulting and working on other initiatives for them on an ongoing basis, but it's just a very meaningful project personally, professionally, especially with the pandemic, with all the mental mm. health issues. So I just love the mission of smashing the stigma of mental health. Mm. Yeah, that's, I, I love it because, he, and, and you said something interesting that you take pride, I think in every business, no matter what you do, 
one of the of the things that any entrepreneur or business owner is the most rewarding thing is when you see whatever you're contributing to the world, no matter if it's a product or a service being in use, in use is like super fulfilling, you know, to, to be able to tell your kids, you know, mom help do this. And, and it really creates a relation between your work and what you're leaving behind. It's, it's, it's amazing. And especially when it has a great cause and a, and a for social good cause like the ones that you're describing. I know you're very involved. And so um, it sounds so exciting. So in terms of creativity, I have to ask you because this is not my line of business, but I always wonder about you people like what happens when you feel like if you're a, a, an author and you say, you know, I, I, I'm dry, I have a, 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 a writing spell. I, I cannot write anything. Does it ever, do, do you ever feel like I have no creativity left in me? <laughs> Oh yeah, that happens all the time. And I, I feel like there's a few a few things that I, I do. One is um, if there's time, I'll just like stop working on it. Like if we have more time to work on it, okay, just come back to it. But what works more than not, like more than more times, honestly, is setting a deadline. That's like, I got to just four o'clock by four o'clock today. I got, I just got to get to work. And even if nothing good comes out of it, it's okay. I'm just putting time towards it. And the more time I put towards it, I'll eventually get there. But just mm-hmm. setting those like make-believe timelines actually really helps our team. <laughs> but honestly, I try to encourage our team to um, get out of the office and take trips, uh, work remote. Our creative director, and our par- my partner, Hannah, uh, just went to Italy, uh, sorry, London. She brought back so many inspiration pieces and photos. I just try to encourage people to, to, to really get out of the office mm. as much as possible. Yeah, I, I am totally with you. I think we have that fear that if we're not by our computer, we're not productive. I usually say I'm the most productive on planes. Totally. The airplane to me is like I put my music and I, I get to work on anything that really needs my attention. And that's why, although I'm in telecommunications and I, you know, I I guess I enable connectivity everywhere. The whole thing about being connected on the plane, it kind of ruins it for me. I don't even know. I want to know if there's Wi-Fi because, you know, then you get that temptation that you want to go and check the email. And then it ruins my quiet time for my strategic projects that I get done. But, uh, But it is important to know where you can tap into that, you know, okay, I can do this. But setting setting deadlines even imaginary, I think is very useful for me as well. <laughs> you too. So, yeah. Yes, I, I do that all the time because you have to produce something and then I you at, le- at least have a starting point or something to be perfected rather than just expecting. And I think that a lot of people think that uh, inspiration, creativity, even people that want to write books, I always say write 10 minutes a day. And if you do that for a month, you will be surprised by how much content you created by the end of that month, right? Yes. And, and then you don't have a blank piece of paper to go to. You just have 30, you know, inputs into your diary that will become something. I, I totally agree. I, there's this Chuck Close. I think it's Chuck Close. He would say, I hope I'm not butchering this, but <laughs> inspiration is for amateurs. Just get to work. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I know. And Seth Godin is also big on it. He wrote a book called The Practice, and he and he basically says that that is whatever you do is practice for the next thing. 
And so, and then the finished product will be a combination of that. So well, very inspiring. So Megan, I mean, I always want to give uh, the guest an opportunity. Uh, is there, I'm sure you're working on many other things that excite you, but is there anything in particular that we haven't chat about that excites you these days that you want to share with the audience? Um, you know, we're working on a few different packaging projects right now that are really exciting. We are also working on an olive oil company called Mr. Pete's. Mm. Uh, that is actually I have it. It's right behind me. Mm. <laughs> and, oh, um, and I've been noticing that bottle and I don't know if it's going to be on video now yet, but the, as a good Italian, I'm like, mm, I like that bottle. Eh? So, so that's your marketing research right there. I had noticed the bottle. <laughs> Funny enough that the founder of Mr. Pete's was the one who hired, was who, the one, she was the, um, her name is Stella Angelakos. She was the um, HR director at Condé Nast who hired, who offered the job to me at the New Yorker. Oh, no way. So she, that for a full circle. So she, she reached out and was like, I can't believe that you turned this job. I'm dad, we could stay in touch. I was like, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we're good friends. And she launched this line, Mr. Pete's Olive Oil. And so we have, it's a small batch, amazing olive oil from her family's plot of land in Greece. Oh, wow. Katrina, it's small batch. Like you have to order ahead of time. And it's just, uh, it's all based, uh, inspired by her dad, who was all about speaking laconic and just get to the point. And so we came up with this olive oil called um, Mr. Pete's pure, no nonsense, hundred percent Greek olive oil. So the whole idea of just being no nonsense, there's no additives, there's, it's very pure. And yeah. so we, we did the, the, the bottle designs and we're coming out with uh, a, a lot of new products and a, a line of tins. So in, in 2023, I think there's big things coming for Mr. Pete's that we're excited about. Awesome. Well, I can tell how you shine when you talk about the products you help put in the market, about the the creativity you bring to the world. So I'm I'm sure that's why you were named one of the uh, persons to watch on the Graphic Designers uh, uh, Association. And uh, so I might I always end the interview with uh, you know the famous question: What other things that we haven't talked about make you tick besides being creative and artistic when you feel you need to resource yourself and really reconnect to your essence as you do with all your brands when you help them reconnect what does Megan do um well lately I've been so I've, I've neglected exercise for a long time and so I've recently been getting back into it and I'm just shocked at how it's improved my day to day so much. I mean, just taking a break and um, recharging mentally is, I've seen the changes in a week, how, how helpful it's been. I think there's one thing that I've been trying to ha to have and it's um, being a mom and, and everybody saying, you know, how to have that balance, how to have it all. And I, I'm just trying to like tell friends and that there's no such thing as having it all. It's just about having as much fun as you can with wherever you are at the moment. Because if, if I remember how guilty I used to feel with my first and I, I would spend so much time concerned about things and wasting time when I shouldn't, I should be focused at work when I'm at work, focused at home when I'm home. 
and um, just realize that it's going to ebb and flow. Sometimes I'll be home more. Sometimes I'll be at work more working late. And I just have to have fun. And there's no such thing as having it all. So that's just like mentally I'm trying to go there with it. Well, I love that. I love that. That's a last uh, parting piece of wisdom. I think that's very, you know, some people call in learning to rest in enoughness mm. and knowing what it's enough and knowing that we don't need it all. You just we all have that threshold of enoughness that if we recognize life is just perfect as it is. And uh, if we live in the wanting more, doing more, that then it's a recipe for for feeling always that you are not never happy. You can never achieve that fullness, as as, as you say. Totally, and it's it's so hard because in the day to day things go wrong all the time. Like every there's always an issue with everything yes. at home, oh, yeah, at yeah. work. Yes. There's a problem every twenty minutes. Yeah, and it's just like okay, it's just a little blip in the scheme of things. It just got to move on. Yeah. And it's not reasonable to believe that the whole day is going to go unblipped. Like, imagine how unreasonable we are to think in all the things we touch and all the people that we interact with, that our expectation is for oh, everything go perfect and pl as planned all the time. Yeah. Like, I think we're a little naive sometimes. I know. I, I was <laughs> like, okay, uh, there hasn't been a fire drill like at home or at work. I'm, I know it's due. I know it's due. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to get hit with something like at two o'clock. Yeah. I just know it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. No, absolutely. And and it's good. It's good that we bring those uh, little things like exercise. And that's why I always uh, like to end on that note, because we have the tools available to us just to stop, just to take a moment, just to breathe. I think the most popular answer has on this show now over 200 episodes have been, has been getting in touch with nature for those people mm -hmm. that are blessed that maybe, you know, you have to walk to Central Park and sometimes it's very cold. For <laughs> us uh, here in Miami, if you can make yourself get to, to the beach or close to the beach, that's already, you know, the ability to change your mindset is incredible. Totally. Right, wow. so... Totally. So, well, well, Megan, you've been a pleasure to talk to. Very inspiring. I know you're doing amazing things. And now me too, when I go to serendipity, I will say, I know the incredible woman and her team that put this amazing place, New Look, together. So congratulations on that. I'll look out for the olive oil as well. <laughs> Thank you, Leticia, so much for having me. This is so fun. Pleasure and wish you all the best and keep keep shining bright. Likewise, I love your show. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being part of Back to Basics and until a new episode. Take care. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.